0: We have Liz Peak, Fox News contributor, syndicated columnist. We have Steve Moore, of FreedomWorks, Committee to Unleash Prosperity, and his book, GovZilla. I want to go right to it, Liz Peek, because you wrote a fabulous column. It is Jerome Powell as wrong on the job market as he was on inflation? Two straight quarters of declining GDP. Now, this does not mean, claims the White House, in a ludicrous effort to spin the bad news, that we are in a recession. Nah, no siree. Just means that, well, we've had two down quarters. Eh, no problem. Then Jay Powell, his press conference, answering reporters' questions, says, No, I do not think the U.S. is currently in a recession. And the reason is there are just too many areas of the economy performing too well. Blah, blah, blah. He, he's got to be... Re- Liz, what is... I don't know. Maybe he's... um. I don't know. Is cannabis is marijuana legal in Washington. <laughs> what? What is he? Look, too many wonderful things. Has he looked at housing? Has he looked uh, yeah. at business investment? Has he looked at consumers? Has he looked at inflation? What is he talking about?
1: Uh, well, honestly, the only thing really that the administration can point to as a win economically is the fact that the job market remains in very good shape. And there's no doubt it does. But I think What worries me is that Jay Powell is sort of saying that is the critical element. We are doing away with concerns about the labor market, even though that's one of our two mandates. Now we are focused solely on uh, on inflation. But, Larry, I think we're at an inflection point in the job market. There are all kinds of signals that it's beginning to soften, not just slowly rising unemployment claims, but if you read every... Uh, announcement and forward-looking guidance that's come out of companies reporting earnings in this last couple of weeks. Nearly every single one is talking about pausing hiring, stopping hiring. Meta, Meta did it, uh, mm. a bunch of the banks have done it, and a lot of sectors now we're talking about this uh, hiring frenzy, and that's really what it became, slowing down. So I think J Powell has to be very nervous here, very watchful, And if it it were not for the fact that he so completely missed uh, signals about inflation, I wouldn't be so concerned. But honestly, he seems kind of out, out of touch with real world.
0: Yes, out of touch. There you go. Steve Moore, GDP fell two consecutive quarters. That has never not signaled a recession. You have the president of the United States. You have the treasury secretary. You have the head of the National Economic Council. You have the head of the Federal Reserve. In complete denial that the economy is in recession and you have the Congress passing now uh, looking for a reconciliation bill that would raise taxes by nearly eight hundred billion dollars with a special emphasis to raise taxes on business investment and capital equipment. This is insanity, Steve Moore, total, utter insanity well larry i mean i I think that you're
2: missing the point that this um recession is going to be transitory
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yes, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
2: look, um, I, I think that the real worry is. That, by the way, I'm calling this a. I think I said this on your uh, on your Cudlow show on TV the other night. This is a, this is a cost of living recession. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, the real real um, uh, damage of what's happened the last eighteen months has been because, you know, Biden is right. This is a really strong labor market, and, and it's a great time to be looking for a job. But uh, people's you know, the the nine percent inflation and five percent wage growth i mean that's just happening month after month after month after month and we estimate uh my friends at the heritage foundation estimate the average family you know with about a seventy thousand dollar income has lost about four thousand dollars of purchasing power Mm -hmm. in 12 Mm -hmm. months that's a lot that's a Mm -hmm. big big down in people's income now um I, I, look, I think this this mansion plan with, uh, with Schumer is diabolical. I think it is evil. I, I cannot imagine that that you could get virtually every Democrat in the Congress to vote for this package, which, as you said, massively increases taxes on our businesses at a time we're in a mild recession. Um, it makes no sense. And by the way, you go back the last 10 years. Barack Obama said never raise taxes during a recession. Right. Uh, Chuck Schumer said never raise taxes during a recession. Um, Joe Manchin said never raise taxes in a recession. And I have to say I am mystified by what is going on with Joe Manchin. I, I, I really don't understand it, Larry, because, uh, it, first of all, it, what is in this bill contradicts and repudiates everything he has said over the last 12 months. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and, and the second mm-hmm. point is, there is no state. What do you think is the biggest loser state in this package? West Virginia. By far. By far. West Virginia. And this is a dagger in the heart of our, of our oil and gas industry. He says, oh, no, they're going to allow this drilling. we got, we got an agreement that they're going to allow drilling. Do you think that the Biden EPA and the Interior Department are going to allow this to happen? They, hey, not, this is a death sentence for, for our fossil They're permits. not going
0: to give him permits. They're not going to give permits. You know that. They're not going to do that. Liz, I'm, look, I'm, I've, uh, he broke my heart. I'm breaking up with him, Liz. I'm returning. I'm not going steady. I'm returning my fraternity ring to him. That's it. All right? That's the end. No more. Look, remember he said, this is like two weeks ago, he said, I'm not going to vote for these bills until I see the next month's data. Yeah. Now I want to see July's inflation numbers, which would come out in mid-August. Well, guess what? He, he, didn't, he didn't bother to wait. Well, I mean, I, think, I think the congressional
1: that. calendar kind of stepped in the way of that, I guess. But but it I mean it is horrifying and it's also horrifying in conjunction with the 280 billion dollar yes. chips bill, yes. which by the way isn't paid for at all and they p- they keep touting 52 billion dollars for semiconductors. It's a 280 billion dollar bill. What's mm-hmm. the rest of it for? Anybody want a hazard to hazard a guess? There hasn't even been any conversation about that. I I this is so irresponsible, Larry, and it is so damaging. But I think the point you make about Manchin and this permitting, that's what he is all excited about, I guess. But it's pretty clear that that isn't going to be part of any reconciliation bill. That has right. nothing to do with budget. Mm-hmm. That I'm Undoubtedly, the Senate parliamentarian, if they try and make that part of the bill, is going to say, no, that's out. And then what? Nancy Pelosi has already indicated she's completely opposed... To making permitting easier, even though it is an obvious hang up in our entire, uh, you know, industrial complex, we can't build anything in this country because of the insane permitting process. So I agree with the objective, but it's not going to happen.
0: That's why the Chinese communists are going to shoot down her plane.
1: (laughs) God, I tell you. (laughs) They're,
0: They're furious. That was a joke. Just kidding. Actually, I'm glad she's going to Taiwan.
1: I she, hope she does. Yeah, I'm not she, sure she yeah. will.
0: Yeah, well, they may talk her out of it, but she should hang tough because we need to defend Taiwan. Steve Moore, 18 Republicans voted for the chips bill. 18 Republican senators, Steve.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh I wrote a column on this earlier this week that um, you know, the the Republicans were played by Joe Biden. And yeah. the real question is whether whether this was kind of a fiendish scheme all along. But uh think about this that the um the Republicans voted for the big uh, infrastructure bill, and then they—they they, remember that one was passed back, what about uh, nine, ten months ago? Because we weren't going to have the massive reconciliation bill, and then they voted for the this massive uh, corporate welfare bill because you know we weren't going to have the reconciliation bill. And as soon as that Biden signed the chips bill, the, the, his signature wasn't even dry on the page. Man, uh, Manston. Um, you know, makes this deal. So, <laughs> I'm wondering whether this was all kind of a scheme.
0: In one hour, in one hour after the chips vote, Schumer comes up with a 700 page reconciliation. Yeah. In one hour, <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah. Well, how did they, he had it right in his back pocket? Right. Yes. I mean, the thing, yes.
0: that's a good point, Larry. That thing was already written. So the, it was the like, deal was already cut. Right. And see, I don't know. I, Liz, I interviewed. Uh, Mitch McConnell uh, on Tuesday. I was down in Washington. The show was in Washington. I interviewed Mitch McConnell. So we talked about this. And I've I've already expressed my total opposition to the Chipsville. But Mitch's point was, he said, you know, he said, I've been ma- majority leader and I've been minority leader. And it's much better to be ma- majority leader. And I said, well, so now here you are. What's your agenda? And he said, well, it's not my agenda. The agenda is set by the majority leader. Now, I don't know who knew what and when, but basically Schumer's jamming this down everybody's throat. And Manchin, of course, is go along with it. I mean, there's nothing, it's really nothing Mitch McConnell can do. I don't know what he knew and when he knew it. But this is because if you're the majority leader, you do these things. It's sheer, raw legislative power.
1: Well, well, I hear, and you guys have probably better inside information than I do on this. But I've heard insiders say that Kirsten Cinema was furious about the way this went down because mm-hmm. she was involved in getting Republicans to sign up on the chips bill by promising them that there was no reconciliation bill in the works. Mm-hmm. So. I think there's a lot of dirty dealing here. As far as Mitch McConnell's concerned, I, I mean, let's be honest here. I'm sure uh, some of these Republicans had uh, represent states, I know they do, where these uh, investments by the semiconductor businesses may be made. So these states want those jobs. They want the investment. Uh, it's. Hor- I think it was unnecessary. I think there are other ways that these states uh, and our federal government could support this industry. but. At the end of the day, the industry doesn't need much support. It's right. wildly profitable. Right. It's been on a two or three year binge of right. profit making. So, And by the way, why are they coming to the United States? Well, some, like the one, the biggest uh, chip maker of all, is headquartered in Taiwan. Guess what? They may need another source at some point. So mm. it isn't like this is just altruistic that they're building plants in America. They are providing themselves more secure supplies of semiconductor, which from a business point of view, is obviously what they should be doing.
0: Kids, I want to just lay this out. I had a great conversation earlier in the show uh, with Kellyanne Conway, who is as smart a political advisor as there is. Uh, basically, uh, Steve, I'll talk with you. Um, the two biggest issues here, She, I guess she met with the Republicans about their um, contract with America, whatever it's being called. Um, crime, And economy, economy meaning inflation, recession, crime and the economy. That is her advice. Uh, The crime issue has gotten back, I think, front and center. Trump gave a speech mostly about crime, was a good speech uh, Tuesday at the um, America First Policy Summit. Uh, What do you think, Steve? Crime and economy, is that going to do it for the GOP? Or has the GOP undercut itself on the economy with all these spending bills? Well, uh yeah, I like
2: crime and the economy as two top priorities, no question. The Democrats are incredibly vulnerable on that. And I would add a third one is, you know, the border. Incidentally, I mean, here's just here's a, a, an example of how uh you know, completely wacky the Democrats' priorities are. They want to spend in this bill 300 billion dollars on more green energy subsidies and for uh, the, the border folks tell me with for $3 billion we could secure our border. So yeah. they want to spend a hundred <laughs> times more money on uh, on that than, than something that would actually help the economy. Now, your question, though, is really an important one. Will – I think Republicans have lost a lot of credibility on the fiscal responsibility issue and the anti-government issue because they – many of them voted for that absurd – uh, infrastructure bill. And and then you had how many was it in this Senate uh, that eventually uh, 16, 17, 18 Republicans voted for that uh, for that um, sham uh, corporate welfare bill that we were just talking about. That's a problem, because I, when I talk to, you know, conservative leaders and, you know, people who run a lot of the sort of grassroots organizations, the one, number one kind of question on the mind of a lot of voters is, yeah, these Biden people are horrible. No question about it. The Democrat Pelosi and Schumer have to go. But they say, but will Republicans do anything different? Mm. And when they see Republicans voting for these big spending bills, that puts a lot of question marks in people's minds. Although I still think it's going to be, I think you're looking at it epic. I I think if they pass this bill, Larry, I think this is going to be
0: bigger than 94. That's how Mm. angry the American people are. But, Liz, um, undoubtedly Steve is right, but Republicans, particularly the Senate Republicans, because that's up for grabs. I mean, Mitch McConnell said to me, it's gonna be 50-50 in the election. He said it's gonna be one vote either way. That's Mm -hmm. what he told me, that was his forecast. So whether he's right or wrong, that's what he said. But Liz, the question is, Republicans, it seems to me, have got to make this reconciliation bill with all of its taxes and all of its spending. They've got to make a big deal about how bad this is. They cannot go quietly here. If they go quietly, they will have missed their last opportunity on economic policy. And that the chips bill they passed really did undercut their credibility. So can they do that? Can they communicate to the public that we will not let this happen ever again?
1: Well, they can make that promise. I don't think people will believe them. But honestly, I don't think people are so focused on bills that are passed. They're focused on how much meat costs in the grocery store. And Mm -hmm. I think Republicans have to keep hammering home that more government spending leads to higher prices. That's a message that got out pretty early, and I think it's a winning one. I just read uh, Donald Trump's speech, uh, Stem to Stern. It's a long speech. And, yeah, a lot of it was about law and order. And as I was reading it, I was thinking, you know what? he always has good antennae. Maybe this is Kellyanne uh, pushing him in this direction. But I think at the end of the day, what does every single person in this country want? They want to feel safe. They want to feel safe in their neighborhood. They want their kids to be safe. I think law and order is incredibly important, Mm. and particularly because Democrats have done so much to undermine it, uh, done so much to undermine our cops. And uh, our border and so forth. So I think it's a really winning thing. That and inflation. That's what they need to be talking about.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's right. I I think that's right. Stay with the generic issues. You know, Steve Moore, I had Steve Miller on the TV show last night, and, um, uh, <clears throat> you know, he contributed a lot to that speech. And I, I think Trump is right on crime. All right? That's just, I mean, Kellyanne basically saying the same thing. She's adding... Uh, you know, breadbasket stuff, kitchen table stuff on the economy, lives in the groceries. You're right, but crime is probably the the biggest issue right now. You read in the papers every day, outrageous things are happening. You see the story in the New York. Uh, you know, the, the kid was uh, jumping the subway turnstile, and then he had a fight with the cop, and he took him down, took the cop down, and then they arrested him, and they released him in four hours. Just released him back on the streets, and he had a he had a record after before that. So, Steve, I, did did Trump get it done? Did he, you know, make a big footprint in his first speech in Washington?
2: Yeah, it was a very good speech, and I I, I didn't see the whole thing. <laughs> I don't think how many people watched the whole thing, but I I, I was also pleased that he didn't spend a lot of time, uh, you know, obsessing about the election. You, hooray! Yeah. Finally, yeah. we've got forward looking policies. Um, Look, Prime, definitely. I mean, I agree entirely with Liz. Uh, as you guys know, I'm from Chicago. You know, it's so sad. You can't walk down the Miracle Mile now, one mm-hmm. of the great shopping districts in America, right on Michigan Avenue, without, you know, looking over your shoulder. Um, and uh, that's why I mentioned this last week. That's why Ken Griffin, the owner of one of the biggest businesses in uh, in the Chicago area, moved out. He said, mm-hmm. yeah, taxes were a problem. But he said, I didn't feel like my workers were safe getting to the office. Mm. And so, you know, Liz is so right about this. It, and what, one other quick point about crime. Larry, crime is a tax.
0: Yes. Yeah, yes. that's right. Yes, absolutely. That was the Rudy Giuliani argument, remember? Yeah. He said, yeah. we've got to you know, make the city safe again. It's like a tax cut. And that, yeah. I, think that's, I think that's 100% right. So, Liz, do you think Trump got it done? You like the speech.
1: I did like the speech. He did go back to the election, but I think that's, you know, in a, I don't know how long it was. It had to be an hour long. I'm sure that was, you know, 20 seconds of it or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very harsh uh, on law and order, you know, talking about murder, uh, executing drug dealers and stuff. But really, as you read through it and read his sort of rants about what Democrats are doing about crime and how they've destroyed our city, you just kind of felt your anger having a vessel. And, the, and this is what happened in 2016. Trump became the vessel mm-hmm. for a lot of anger and frustration uh, amongst not just people on the right, but people in general. And I think, gosh, if he can keep—first of all, right now, he needs to get involved in the congressional elections. He mm-hmm. needs to get these people across the finish line in Ohio and, and Georgia and Pennsylvania, places where he backed the candidates strongly and made them the candidates. Uh, because if we don't get majorities in the mm. House and Senate, yeah. mm. there's very little that Republicans can do.
0: Steve, well, I'm worried about, about, about crime issue,
1: Larry? Yeah, huh? Can I just say one other thing about yeah, the sure, crime? Yeah, sure,
2: sure. Um, th- who are the victims of crime? Minorities. Mm-hmm, Minorities. Are, and they're the ones who want the police. They're the ones who want law and order uh, and safety. And so this is a great opportunity for Rep- Republicans to you know, win big, big, um, gains with well, they're already winning big gains with um, with the uh, Hispanics.
1: Hispanics, yeah. But,
2: but I think, but with black, I wouldn't be surprised if Republicans win a uh, a record high uh, black vote. Now they're not going to win the majority, but I think they could really dig into the Democrats' big lead with with uh, blacks, especially black women, who who are really opposed to crime.
0: I'm worried about Georgia. Yeah, uh, I am.
2: Well, Herschel. It turns out that Herschel. You know, uh, he's a he's a icon in the state of Georgia, uh, one of the probably the most famous person in the state. But he hasn't been a good candidate yeah. and he keeps mu- making muffs uh, and uh, he's fumbling the football.
0: <laughs> yeah, he is. So I still he think, is.
2: by the way, I still think he's going to win. But uh-huh. it's, this is no this is no uh, slam dunk. It should be a slam dunk because was it Warnock is, you know, Warnock is a complete left wing. Uh, crazy. So I still am going to put my money on Herschel, but it,
0: it is not going well. It's not going smoothly. I'm worried, Liz, about Pennsylvania.
1: I am too. Menendez I mean, is behind. Yeah. You know, in all three of these races. By the way, I don't know if you've seen the fundraising reports for the second <laughs> quarter. Huge, hugely being outraised uh, by Democrats. I think there is probably epic amount of billionaire out of state money going. To Oz, I mean to uh, Herschel Walker hmm. opponent Raphael Warnock, who raised I think seventeen million dollars, which is like three times what Herschel Walker raised. It, the money is enormous, and I think people need Republicans, frankly, need to start paying attention to these races yeah. uh, because we're getting out outspent here a lot.
0: Steve, you know it was good. Um, I had Adam Laxalt on the show, on the TV show, mm-hmm. and he was really yeah. sharp. I was so impressed.
2: Yeah, no, he's a great candidate. By the way, keep it up. But some of these races in, in blue states, I think Republicans have a chance of picking up some, yeah. some upsets. Yep.
0: Liz us Steve Moore, you're both
2: wonderful. Thanks.